I'm Donna. And I'm Carrie. And we are Paranormal Chicks. Episode 248. Not gonna lie, that's take two because Donna did it a second ago and she screamed. <laughs> hey y'all, and I jumped. Like, <laughs> she scared the crap out of me. I'm sure that's gonna end up on bloopers. So if you're in the Patreon and you get the bloopers, congrats. <laughs> well, while we're on the Patreon, let's talk about Patreoners. Thank you so much, Lindsay D. from Illinois. And Alexander K. from Canada. Thank y'all so much for joining the Patreon. And if you want, you know, extra episodes, the bloopers, all that shiz, head on over to patreon.com slash the APC podcast. Okay, well, this is a random thought I had. And when I got here, Carrie was using the bathroom, TMI. But but I was going to tell her and then I was like, well, I'll just tell her on the podcast. You know, let y'all all hear it because I think it would be a great idea. But Colby's in the picture, so we're probably never going to do it. However, I thought of the perfect Halloween costume for us. Not the Sanderson sisters, because their outfits are too hot. That's Donna, the one on Blood Thinners, who's always fucking cold. I'm so glad you said that. But keep going. No, no, no. I'm done. Tell me. Okay. Heat Miser and the Ice Guy. What's his name? All I know is Heat Miser. Oh, God. Wait. Okay, hold on. We just had this movie playing at work. I'm Mr. White Christmas. I'd be him because I'm always cold, and you're Heat Miser because you're always fucking hot. Wait, Heat Miser said something today. I've never actually watched that whole movie because I don't like the claymation stuff. Mm-hmm. But we had it on at work today. You know, obviously, just said that. I heard Heat Miser. He said everything he touches starts to melt, and then he said, I'm too much. <laughs> I was like, said everyone ever about me. <laughs> Very true. I was coming from dinner, and I started singing The Grinch, which reminded me of you. And then I was like, oh, because I was freezing at dinner and I have a sweatshirt on and Tiffany was like, I'm good in my sweater. And I was like, Kara would probably be hot, like in my head. And then when I did the Grinch, thought of Kara, I was like, oh, we have a perfect Halloween costume. Oh, wait, never mind. <laughs> she and a couple. That we've literally never done a couple's costume for. We've also never had a Halloween party since <laughs> we've gotten together because, you know, COVID. But then I also thought about you this weekend because I was watching Dream Home Makeover or whatever. It's like, I don't know, the third season. It's a husband and wife who do, uh, Shay McGee is her name, but it's Studio McGee. I love their stuff at Target. But anyway, so they were doing this couple's house and this one guy, he's like, the one thing I need is a bidet. We don't want a separate bidet, but we want like a good bidet. It was cracking me up because it was like an electric lid or whatever that would come up. And every time they would walk by it, it opened up and Shay was like, because you know, I know her so personally, but she was like trying to push it down. She was like, it just keeps coming up. But they had never used a bidet. And so they're like, maybe we should do it then because they were like all about it. And I was like, this is Colby and Carrie building a house right here. For sure. Literally talked to a patient about a bidet today. I saw this interview with Megan Trainer because she and her husband have toilet seats I side saw by side. That. And that bitch, because they were like, wait, so you had to like get new plumbing. No, she took a fucking bidet out to put a toilet seat next to her husband's toilet seat. I was like, you got rid of a perfectly good bidet for that? Bidets look weird. Like the ones that are just bidets. The ones that are exactly what you're supposed to use? Yeah. yeah. I know. I don't un- honestly understand those. So that's what I would have taken it out too. Because I would have been like, I don't know what that is. 
I mean, I know what it is, but like, I don't know. I know. I'm like, do you sit on it? Do you sit on it? How do you sit on it? <laughs> I don't because know. mine shoots from the back, but those look like they shoot from the front. Like, I don't actually know how to work those. Yeah. And then, like, you have to get up to get over on that because I use mine when I do all the numbers. So, <laughs> TMI. You brought it up. I know. Okay. Well, one more thing since it's the Donna show. Those two were about you, it's just via me. Mm hmm. But I was looking for something to watch, and I saw on Amazon Prime, and there's a show called Three Pines, like P-I-N-E-S. It's a detective show based on a book. It deals with missing and murdered indigenous women and residential schools. Mm. Yeah, and that's like one storyline, but then there's like, it's always in two parts of these episodes, and I think there's going to be a total of like eight episodes. I don't know. It's pretty good. So if you have prom, check it out. Three Pines. Before we get into our stories, we got to tell y'all about Graveyard Tales. Graveyard Tales podcast is hosted by Adam and Matt, and they look at the history behind haunted places, ghost encounters, and cryptid encounters. They also take a look at odd phenomenon, phenomena, like spontaneous human combustion and out-of-body experiences. And they take deep dives into remote viewing, alien abductions, Ed and Lorraine Warren, and my fave, the Salem Witch Trials. Those boys are busy over there because they approach all episodes with a great blend of extensive research, but they add in that lightheartedness too. Some of the most popular episodes of Graveyard Tales include Missing 411, Elementals, the Metaverse Theory. No, Multiverse. Oh, well, you know, maybe I need to go and listen. <laughs> the Fey Cattle Mutilations, and not so dear to us because we don't want them near to us, but Shadow People. Oh, yeah. I wonder if they're scared of their own shadow. Okay. Maybe it's like Peter Pan and it bounces behind him. <laughs> well, y'all can go and ask Adam and Matt that they might know. So go listen to Graveyard Tales podcast and tell them a paranormal chick sent you. Have you already looked them up to see if they're cute? Uh, I think they're both married. No, well, off limits for you. But they're not off limits for you to check out their podcast. So go listen to Graveyard Tales podcast. You can find them on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and, you know, wherever you get your podcast. But also, what's their website, Donna? Graveyardpodcast.com. Don't forget to tell Matt and Adam over at Graveyard Tales podcast who sent you. That's a mouthful. (laughs) I mean, you know. Okay, well, remember last episode... They bought that building to be turned into condos. Well, this story is about a family who bought an old motel to turn it into their dream home. A big old house. Well, okay. So it's a house with like five rooms. Like it's a building attached to it. So it's almost like a bed and breakfast. Picture it. Madison, Indiana, 1987. Doretta and Ron Johnson had just gotten notice that the landlord that they were renting from decided that he was going to sell the house. So they needed to find a new place ASAP. And even though this was a shock to them, they had been wanting to get out of the city anyway, so it was kind of a blessing in disguise. Or was it? True. (laughs) Well, they looked all over, but Ron found this property that was definitely unique and a fixer-upper. And that just reminded me, do you remember, they might still do it, I don't know, those real estate books that would be out and you can get them for free and it was like (laughs) by the uh, newspapers? Oh my God, I used to do that all the time and just like look at them. 
be like four bedrooms and two baths, you know, and just yeah. like that really pixelated picture too. But I was like, so freaking cool. Meanwhile, we just use Zillow now, but yes. yeah. <laughs> and you can see all up in the house now. I like to get on those and just look at the insides of the houses. Yeah. So like I said, it was a house that had a small motel attached to it. And they wanted like $60,000 for it. Well, when they looked inside of the house, um, it was a lot more work than they thought. So Ron was like, not paying that amount. Most we can do is like $25,000. Whoa, that's a big old difference. Mm-hmm. But they took it. They were like, yep, all yours. Oh, Lord, that's not a good sign. <laughs> but they saw a lot of potential with this property. Doretta, she saw a lot of space for their kids, Stephen and Ashley, to enjoy. And Ron really liked the opportunity with the business on the property because they wanted to use that motel as a daycare. Oh, that's good thinking. So their plan was to first renovate the house so they could, you know, live there, but then renovate the motel for their business later. Also, owning your own daycare sounds like all fun and games until you never get a day off because people rely on you to take care of their kids so they can go to work. I don't know who's that sounds like a good idea for it. I mean, if you have one, great on you. And, you know, thank you for your service. But not no way, not no how for me. You know, the thing with daycares that always I'm like, how they come up with all those ideas of food for those kids, too? Oh, my gosh. Because a lot of places, they feed them breakfast, lunch, and two snacks. Dang. Mm-hmm. Well, at least at my friend's daycares, they do. <laughs> I just know my grandma used to come get me before it was time to eat. <laughs> and then I go eat at her house. Well, Doretta and Ron, they knew that this was going to be a lot of work, but it was looking more like a money pit the more they tried to do. Wallpaper refused to stick. Paint would just peel off the walls no matter what they did. And looking back, they said it was like the house was telling them to stop right there and just leave. But of course, they just blamed themselves and their lack of craftsmanship. But a lot of extra money was spent because they were having to go back and get paint again, all the things. No, thank you. And again, it's 1980-something. They couldn't just Google or do a YouTube video of how to make paint stick. Right. <laughs> Soon, though, it wasn't just the cosmetic oddities going on. Ashley, their daughter, she was in her room playing, and she felt like someone was with her, you know, watching her. Ashley was kind of freaked out. I mean, as you should be. But then she saw this little girl, and all her fears disappeared because, you know, kid logic. Ashley was looking forward to having a friend to play with. Ashley was like five or six, and Stephen, the son, he was like 16. So there was an age difference. So it was just her playing by herself. Nothing really happened, just, you know, the apparition. Big deal. But Ashley became fixated on that little girl. She would get up after her parents went to bed and go hunt for the little girl. She even set out snacks for two people. And when Doretta noticed this behavior, she questioned Ashley about it. Like, why did you get two snacks? See, I would think that my somebody was calling me fat when really, <laughs> she's wondering why she had two snacks out. Uh-huh. And she was like, oh, I have a new friend, Lisa. And Doretta was like, oh, okay, Lisa, she wants the other snack. Cool. Because, you know, she thought it was an imaginary friend. Life went on as normal. Well, the renovations and the late nights were getting to both Ron and Doretta. They were just at their wit's end, and so the tension was palpable. Okay, this is so weird, and <laughs> I didn't write this, but every time I think of the word palpable, I think of my mom's heart attack. And I'm only laughing because 
she was going to her doctor. She was like, something's not right, you know. And we were there waiting and I could see her pulse in her throat. Like, yeah, her neck. But I could see it. And she was like, do you see it? Do you see it? I'm like, I do. I do. (laughs) Tell me why that doesn't surprise me. (laughs) And then when, you know, she went back to see me, uh, he was like, yeah, we had to go to the hospital. And I was like, okay, can I take her? And he was like, no, she has to go by ambulance. But every time palpable, I just see my mom going, do you see it? Do you see it? (laughs) Okay. Like I mentioned with the wallpaper and the paint, there were issues with anything and everything they tried to fix. And it wasn't just the DIY stuff. Plumbers, electricians, they all got fed up because it's like, this should work. Whatever we just did was correct, but it's not working. The roadblocks they were hitting were just beating them down. They had all these hopes and dreams, and now everything seemed hopeless and like a nightmare. One night while Ron was at work, Doretta had put the kids to bed, and she was having some me time with the TV. But she felt like she was being watched. But she was like, you know what? I might just be on edge. Me fighting with Ron, all of that, you know, I'm just in my head. But the longer she sat there, the more it felt like someone was watching her. And then she thought she saw someone out of the corner of her eye and, you know, looked around, didn't see anyone. And she was like, you know what? It's probably one of the kids. It's probably Ashley. So she went to check and they were both asleep. She settled back down, tried to relax and not focus on that eerie feeling. But then she started hearing knocking at the front door. They still had the sign up. I mean, the sign was kind of decrepit, but... It still had the Windrift Motel on there. And she said sometimes they really would get random people that would knock and be like, hey, do y'all have a vacancy? So she thought this might just be one of those things. She opened the door and no one was there. So then she was like, okay, wait, now I'm kind of scared because I heard knocking. No one's there. So she thought it was someone out there watching her. So she turned off all the lights and everything because, you know, that's what you do. Like if you think someone's outside, it's like, They can't see me then. And so you turn off everything. But then the knocking started again. She grabbed the knife out of the kitchen to protect herself. She's like, if they're coming in, I'm not going without a fight. Well, she went to call 911. Line was dead. Like total scary movie, you know? So she's about to have an anxiety attack. But then suddenly the knocking just quit. So she's like, oh, okay. Okay. But then it sounded like someone was turning the knob to get in. No. Doretta was in mama bear mode and she was ready to fight. The door started to open and she lunged forward. And luckily Ron moved out of the way. Yeah, it was her husband coming home. Oh, I was like, wait, what? When you said that, (laughs) okay, now that makes more sense. Yeah. And so she told him, because he's like, what the fuck is going on? And she's got a knife like, Angar. Yeah. So she told him what happened and he was like, okay, stay here, lock the door. And he went out with a flashlight in one hand, baseball bat in the other, looking around for a lurker. But of course he didn't see anything, no disturbances in like the ground or anything. So he just kind of got more frustrated with Doretta. You know, he's like, I'm just coming home from work. Now I have to go do this. Like he was at his wits end. He blamed her just being tired and all that. And so After a while, things like this happened, Doretta started to believe him. Like, yeah, I think it's all in my head. So she was like, yeah, it's me. Hi, I'm the problem. It's me. Well, soon after, another incident happened that made Doretta doubt herself even more. She had this weird, lucid dream one night where she felt like she was being watched. 
So in her dream, she went down looking around for the person or thing watching her and she caught a glimpse of something white. She went further to search and it was a person. She saw it was a blonde woman and so she kept following her. She went into the basement and then into a utility room in the basement. And the blonde woman like looked at her, took some paint that was down there and wrote CK on the wall. And Doretta woke up. She actually woke up screaming, which Ron woke up. And so she told him about the dream and he's like, it doesn't mean anything. It was a weird dream. Go back to sleep. So she did. But the next morning, first thing Doretta did was venture down to that utility room. And when she opened the door, there it was. CK, just like in her dream. No. Mm-hmm. And it hadn't been there before. So she called Ron like, oh, Ron. And she said, told you so, told you so, told you so. And he just kind of blew her off. He was like, did you do it? What? What? What are you showing me? Like, why did you do this? And again, blamed her, like, stress and all the things. I'm not a very big Ron fan. (laughs) I'm just going to be honest. He's kind of a dick. I think they were both just at their wit's end. But you're right. Just how he reacted and everything added fuel to the fire. Wasn't long before another incident happened with Doretta. It was Ashley's bath time and Doretta was washing her hair. They were just chatting, having a good old time, until Doretta noticed something in the bubble bath. Because, you know, all kids have to have some bubbles in their bath. So she reached down and, you know, was trying not to cause a scene because her daughter's in the water. But she noticed some, like, blonde strands of hair. Oh, my God. So she checked Ashley's hair because her hair is also blonde. And nothing was out of sync, you know. So she felt under the bubble some more and she pulled on something. And she screamed because she saw a head in the water. What? So she pulled Ashley out of the tub, took her to another room, was like, stay here. But when Doretta went back to the bathroom, the head was gone. And so she's like, look, I know there isn't a head in the water, but I saw a head in the water. So she was really doubting her mental health and was scared of what was going on with her. Doretta tried to talk to Ron again, but he just blamed her mind playing tricks on her, stress of the remodel. And their fights were becoming a nightly occurrence. And at this point, it's only been Doretta who's having these horrible visions and experiences. Because, yeah, Ashley's seeing the little girl's ghost, but she's comforted by it and there's nothing negative at all. Until one night, Ashley dreamt that she was being chased through the halls of the motel by a shadow figure. She knew it was a man, but couldn't tell any features. He was just like an opaque black shadow. She woke up right before the man got to her in her dream, but before she could scream or do anything, Lisa, that little girl ghost, was right there to comfort her, and so she didn't tell anyone. And then Stephen also started having issues, but he would like wake up with bruises and scratches. He just wasn't seeing things like Doretta and Ashley were. And well, then came the time that Ron had his own encounter. He was walking to the house one night and he heard footsteps following him. So he looked around. No one's there. Well, just like a jump scare in a scary movie, when he looked forward, there was someone right there in front of him. And it was a blonde woman. But then she vanished like a... Fart in the wind. That's right. Now, I have to say, there are a lot of little occurrences that happen. Like the footsteps, the knocking, the nightmares, all the things I've covered. But... It wasn't just like wham, bam, thank you, ma'am. It was over years. 
The attic was another place that gave everyone the creeps. They would hear a lot of movement up there, but could never find any animals or any person up there. Doretta was sure that she was losing her mind and that she was causing everyone else to start seeing these things too. She just didn't know what she was doing or what to do to fix it. But in her gut, she was like, I know something is evil and it's in this house. And it wasn't just her imagination. Well, one afternoon, she was putting on makeup in the bathroom and the lights browned, you know, where it kind of flickers like that. That was my best sound effect I've ever done, I think. (laughs) Mm -hmm. You sounded like a lightsaber. Oh, I did. Mm -hmm. And then in the mirror, she saw her bathroom, but it wasn't her bathroom. It was like old. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. She saw a blonde woman and a man. The man ended up drowning the woman, and when this little girl came in screaming, Mama, the man hit the little girl. Then the vision ended, and Doretta was shaking from what she saw. She recognized that blonde woman from her dreams, and she started to think about the little girl, and maybe Lisa wasn't an imaginary friend of Ashley's. So now that she's had that experience, Doretta and Ron are talking, and you know she's telling him everything, And he's like, you know what? So I did see that blonde woman. So you're not like I thought you were. Mm -hmm. And so they were like, we have to figure out something is going on. So they research a little bit and they go and talk to a lady. And her name was Georgia Jeffries. And she used to be a caretaker of the motel when it was open. They wanted to see if there was any experiences like this before. And Georgia said that she knew that there had been a number of deaths on that property because it had been there for a while. And Georgia actually said that the motel had a little bit of a shady past at one point in history because shady people who were doing like the bootlegging, sex work, all the things. Well, she had a friend who actually passed away at that house and her name was Caroline Kersey, C-K. Yeah. Wow. That did not. I did not. It's okay. Wow. <laughs> you would have, if you saw it, wrote down. Yeah. It it's a k- k- yeah. sound. You're right. You're right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's exactly what would have happened. <laughs> well, she died by suicide there. Oh. And they said that she did have a daughter named Lisa. <gasps> but Doretta was like, she did not die by suicide. Because what they said is that she had taken pills and then drowned in the bathtub. That's not what happened. Well, that's not what Doretta saw. So she was like, I'm telling you, I had a vision and the husband killed his wife and child and acted like it was a suicide. I don't think he killed the child. And that's where I'll talk about this a little bit later. But that's where I'm like, no one said that the child died. But then she seen this little girl, Lisa. So I don't know about that. Oh, yeah. I didn't think about that. Throughout their time there, the house seemed to take control of them. Once, Doretta said that she woke up and Ashley was standing on the bed, like, over her, and she had a knife against her mouth. I'm thinking Doretta was a mouth breather like me, (laughs) and so her lips weren't, like, closed. She, She wasn't a pretty sleeper, so the blade was right there on her teeth, but she had braces, and so the metal caught it, and so when she woke up, she was able to grab the knife before it, like, did damage. Oh, my God. Other than to the braces. And then also, one time, Ron seemed like he, like the anger that he had in him wasn't normal for him. And so she's like, I think the house was doing something. 
Doretta started thinking more about it. And she said, I bet that's why Caroline was killed because the house, like the house probably did the same thing. It fed off of that negative energy that it caused. Just how it tried to tear Doretta and Ron apart. Maybe that's what caused Charles, who was Caroline's husband, to murder her. Now I'm going to just say, well, let me say this first. I didn't put this in order. Their story's been featured on sightings, haunted lives, and paranormal witness. Never heard of any of those. Well, I mentioned them before, so you should have heard of them. Oh, yeah. I've definitely heard of them before then. <laughs> but sightings, that's where the Sally House, like, that was the first thing for the Sally House, which is, like, you know, huge. Yeah, I remember you doing that, like, episode three. Okay. It wasn't. It was not. Yes, Four. it was. No. Walls and dolls. Three. Yeah. Mm, see, I do okay. know some shiz. So I say this because on some of these Things like sightings was a first for them. You can see they were younger on here when they were doing interviews. Haunted Lives, they're a little bit older. And then Paranormal Witness, I think, is their oldest one. So I don't know exactly when she said this happened. But on Paranormal Witness, she said that one day she saw Charles in town. And she was like, God, that man looks so familiar. Like, I know him, but I don't know him. But the more she looked at him, she was like, that's Charles. He's got wrinkles. He's older now, but that's Charles. So she went up to him and she's like, you killed your wife. You killed Caroline. And he's, of course, shocked and like, what? Then she like runs out. She's like, come on, Ashley, we're going out of here. And she goes to the police and she's trying to get the case reopened. The case is never reopened, though. Spoiler alert. (laughs) She said when she came back from that, the house felt lighter. It's like she stood up for Caroline. But then there was still something there, something evil. So we had all the lead up and I'm going to really condense it down because I mean, it's kind of like when you have a court case and so it's like all the lead up and then it gets all jumbly with all the whatever. And then it's like, okay, now the end. So they had a priest bless the house. That didn't stop the activity completely. They turned to a parapsychologist William Roll, which I've talked about before, and he's the one who got them with sightings because he was like, hey, will you be on a show? We're going to do some tests because he comes at it from a scientific standpoint. And they're like, yes, 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 yes. We don't care. We need help. What I also didn't say is that sometimes they had moved out, like not where all their stuff was gone and they moved to a different whole location, but they would go stay with friends or family And things like that when it was getting so bad. But they didn't have the money to just sell the house. So they would go back and just see. And then like it would ramp up again and the whole thing. So William really worked with them and dug deep with Doretta about her past. So she had a lot of childhood trauma. Her mom had substance abuse issues. She was also physically abusive towards Doretta. I believe when she was growing up and so Doretta ended up staying with her grandmother who was better but not really a nurturing type. Doretta saw her mom with various boyfriends being abused and all of that so she just had a lot of trauma. So what Williams said is that he believes that the poltergeist activity was caused by Doretta and her past trauma and he thinks like it kind of mixed with the house. Because if you think about anything like how she said it was kind of shady back in the day with the sex work going on, bootleggers, all of that. And that kind of mixed with her mom and her childhood and stuff. 
that that could have been there. Because he said, if you think about it, you know, people have memories, places do too. How we say residual haunting, he said it was a place's memory. Like that mixing with her own memories just was like not copacetic. I don't know that word just came out. So I don't know if that actually makes sense. It does. Okay. (laughs) So they had like psychics come and try to figure out more about the thing. It's all on that sightings show and they worked on spiritual and aura healing they had an exorcism done of the house and they still live in that house but there isn't activity like it was before i don't know if they ever opened up that daycare though i don't think they did i'm gonna guess not (laughs) but doretta wrote a book about her childhood and the haunting and it's called the people in the attic and it goes into more detail about all the hauntings. Like I said, this was over a span of years. So if you want all the detail, go check out that book. And like I said, it's on sightings. You can find that on YouTube. Haunted Lives, that's on YouTube. And Paranormal Witness, that is on Peacock. While I watched them all, it was, I don't know. So like at one point she said that Ashley had some issue where she was being hanged. I don't know how it was because like it kind of glossed over it. Mm -hmm. But she said they went to the hospital and stuff, you know, but that was one of the incidents that made them move out and then they moved back in. So, I mean, like she, it was a lot of stuff. Some of it had that. Some of it had more about like her visions that she saw. I cannot find anything recent on them, which is not super normal because normally people who are on these shows like continue to be on a lot of shows And they're not. So I don't know if they're living their life peacefully now so they don't have to be involved with the paranormal or if it was all like they had their like moment in the sun and then they're like, meh, we don't want to keep doing it. I don't know. Because some of it was like, whoa, like with the hanging the head in the tub and all, you know, all the things. So I believe, but I also kind of like, hmm, kind of believe. But I do believe that her... Trauma, if she hadn't even, you know, worked on any of that and then move into a new house and having all that tension and stuff with her husband, all the like money pit shit that could have like really stirred up some emotional shit. And if she's psychic or has any kind of abilities, maybe that's it. But I don't know about all the visions and stuff. And like, did Caroline's husband murder her? Did she actually go up to a random man that she said she knew and said you murdered your wife. I don't know. Could you imagine, though, if you were that guy and you were like, what the fuck is she talking about? Right. Or could you imagine if you were that guy and you were like, wait, what? Like, you know, you have lived all this time. Yeah. And gotten away with it. And then this rando person just comes up and you're, it's like, you killed Caroline. I would have shit myself. But next week I'm going to be doing something. And how I started, like, thinking about this kind of goes into why I'm going to cover what I'm going to cover next week. So stay tuned. Mm. Watch it be a complete flop and I'll be like, well. I didn't do that. So (laughs) change your mind. Or y'all be like, cool, Donna. Lame. I hate how it was like, the only shady thing was the sex work. I mean, I get that there are shady things associated with it, but can we not shame sex workers? Right. I honestly don't think they were shaming the sex workers, but it's so hard because it's like, were they being trafficked? Were they, you know, and so I think that was the whole thing, like the underbelly, the seedy underbelly. Yes, that's what I was going to say. There's definitely some shit that goes on with sex work. Like I'm not being like, 
I don't know. You get what I'm saying. Yeah, but it's not the workers. It's the, it should be legal so it could be safe. Mm-hmm. You know, that's the thing. Because it's all the other shit that make it so dangerous. But before we get any further, we got to talk about apostrophe. We all know holidays are stressful. And what's a side effect of stress? You mean all these little all over my face? Or if you don't speak Carrie, uh, blemishes? Yes. Oh, my gosh. Well, tell me why I've gotten lazy and have not been washing my face like I'm supposed to, and I'm paying for it. Well, luckily, though, you still have apostrophe, and that can help you feel confident in your skin. Apostrophe is an online platform that connects you with an expert dermatology team that is going to give you customized acne treatment for your unique skin. And I mean, it's other stuff too, not just acne, because it's all about your unique skin. So you're going to go to apostrophe.com slash creep and fill out an online consultation about your skin goals and your medical history. Take a couple little selfies, you know, like a little paparazzi. Or elfies for the season. And a board certified dermatologist is going to create your initial customized treatment plan. Apostrophe offers access to prescription treatments of all types, oral and topical, and it can help your skin look better from head to toe so you can get kissed under that mistletoe. And you know what I liked about Apostrophe, too, whenever I met with my dermatology team, makes me feel very fancy, is that they really teach you how to use the products. Like, okay, start with this one every other day and then progress it. But if you notice some irritation, then back off to every third day, you know, whatever. They like really teach you how to use the products. You know what I really liked? Not having to go and wait in a waiting room or put a bra on. Me and my Moo Moo can fill all this stuff out online, have my little consultation and be ready to roll. So whether you're trying to stop a breakout, fix a breakout, Help with your rosacea, help with your fine lines and wrinkles. Head on over to apostrophe.com slash creep and use promo code creep to get your first visit for only $5. That's a saving of $15. So to get started, go to apostrophe.com slash creep, click get started, and then use our code creep at sign up and you'll get your first visit for only $5. That's A-P-O-S-T-R-O-P-H-E dot com slash creep and use the promo code creep to get your first visit for only $5. And that's C-R-E-E-P. Okay, my story is about William Musack. He goes by Bill, so that's what we're going to call him. So Bill was born June 9th, 1948 in West Point, Nebraska. And after he graduated high school, he joined the U.S. Marines After he got out of the military, he started work at this like airspace place. I think he was a machinist. So basically, they made parts for, I don't know, airspace shit, probably for Area 51. (laughs) So he lived in California and he was married and had two kids, a son named Brian and a daughter named Dana. Now, Bill worked for that company making um, alien space stuff. He worked for them for over 20 years when the company went through some changes and ended up laying off a ton of their workforce. And unfortunately, Bill was one of those people. He had some trouble in his marriage after that. I just thought about it, and he's Bill Nye the science guy. Literally. And unfortunately, his marriage just couldn't take the stresses that came after him losing his job, and they eventually divorced. After Bill got divorced, he was like, you know what? I'm going to move to Colorado. 
And once he moved, he got a job as a security guard at a hospital where he worked for 15 years before he retired. Oh, gosh. He's a dedicated man. But really and truly, he reminded me of your next-door neighbor in that he was everybody's fix-it Felix. You know, if somebody had um, a project that they needed to get done, like a ramp for a wheelchair or, or literally whatever, he was everybody's fix-it for his friends and family. He was always working some sort of construction project with his brother and just piddling around the house, always, always Mm -hmm. doing something. Well, on December 28th of 2017, police get a call from Bill's brother. He tells police, look, I haven't talked to Bill in a couple of weeks, and I don't know where he is. I didn't talk to him over Christmas. Like, Something's not right. Can you please do a welfare check on him? And the police are like, cool, cool. Where does he live? You know, tell me all the things. They find out that Bill lives with his daughter, Dana. So Dana had gotten married and divorced a few times. In fact, she was on her fourth marriage. And this one was rapidly dissolving as well. She had had issues with money, and so she moved in to Bill's house to try to save money and get back on her feet. She was not like Bill and loyal to company. She had a hard time keeping a job. She eventually became a massage therapist and opened her own company. So the police go to Bill's house, and they talk to Dana. And when they talk to Dana, she's basically like, no, I don't know where he is either. He actually doesn't hardly ever stay here He's always traveling. He's got a girlfriend that, you know, he goes with and all of that. And Oh, you don't say. He's got a girlfriend he goes with. Ha, ha, ha. And she's like, yeah, you know, I haven't seen him in about 10 days, but she didn't seem worried about him. 10 days and haven't talked to him? Come on now. Well, and I'm like, okay, if it was just 10 days, that's weird as shit. But Christmas? Yeah. Like, this is reported December 28th. That means you've gone through... A major holiday. Yeah, and not even a phone call. Right. Now, I will say that a lot of different sources said different things about what was said in that. So the police leave, and they call back the brother, and they're like, look, this is what happened. She says she hadn't really seen him either. There's no really reason, sorry, kind of thing. Like, there's really nothing for them to go on, kind of. John's like, that's not good enough. You need to go back and you need to get in that house. Something's not right. And at this point, Brian, his son, has jumped in the picture and he's also filed a missing person report because he's like, look, I haven't seen my dad in a while. We usually, you know, talk every now and again. So what's going on? This time when police went to the house where Dana and Bill were living, they're like, hey, do you mind if we come in, actually? Because I've seen the body cam footage of this. And she was like, um, well, it's a mess, but okay. And I'm thinking, I would have been panicking too. If somebody was like, somebody I don't know is like, can I come into your house right now? The only reason why I would say yes right this very second is because the lady that cleans my house left today. <laughs> Any other day of the week's of the month, because she don't come every week, I would be like, uh, uh, uh. Yeah. There's dishes in the sink. There's probably dog toys everywhere. You know, <laughs> laundry for sure piled up to the ceiling. You know, I would be like, uh, 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 okay, it's messy. So when the officer gets into the house, it is a mess. There is shit piled up everywhere. It's almost an episode of Hoarders. Mm, yeah. The officer notices there's none of Bill's stuff. 
And so he's like, so Bill lives here? And she's like, well, actually, no, not really. He doesn't, he spends most of his time with his girlfriend. Like, he really doesn't hardly ever stay here. When he does, he usually just sleeps on my massage table. No way. Ain't no way, ain't no how. First of all, I'd roll off that son of a bitch. <laughs> Second of all, those things are the most uncomfortable things to lay on. Yeah. Talk about a back spasm. No, thank you. <laughs> yeah, you do get those. And you know what I hate? When there's no, like, end to the table. Like, like no headboard, no wall, no something like that. Yeah. And your pillow falls off the back. No way I'd sleep on a fucking massage table. No. Especially if it's my house. You said she moved in with him. Right. So the house has a finished basement and then obviously the upstairs. So when Dana moved in with her most recent husband, she actually had a daughter or two from a previous marriage. So the three of them lived in the top floor and Bill moved into the basement. Oh, okay. So he lived with them. No, no, no. It was his house. Oh, he moved down to the basement. Yeah, just to kind of give them like, okay, you're this family. I'm just me. Like, it's easier for me to move down to the basement instead of this, you know, husband and wife and child to move into the basement. Y'all take the top half. I'll take the bottom half and, you know, we can kind of coexist that way. Yeah. And it was working. You know, Dana and Bill really liked to be together. He loved being around his granddaughter. You know, it was, it was working. But there's a lot of details on this that are kind of fuzzy where I've gotten different information from different sources about like how things went down. Oh, so like my story a little bit. Very much so. Like, I think this was on that website I like. It's Crime O'Clock Somewhere. They said that first time that the police came to Dana's house, she said that he had gone to the mountains with the girlfriend and that he had lost his phone. But she found it in the house and that she like found it and put it on some mail that he had for him to pick up later. But the problem with that story was that his girlfriend was actually still in town and she couldn't get in contact with him either. And the girlfriend said, well, the last time she had talked to him was December 8th. So that's 20 days from when he was reported missing by his brother, John. How these people, if I am with someone, I better hear from you every damn day. Well, on that website, the girlfriend had said they were supposed to go to a Christmas party the next day and he didn't ever come. So again, that's when that would ding, 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 red yes. flags. Now again, you know how sometimes older couples are like, "This is my friend." Like they're they're not really serious. You know what I mean? So yeah. I don't know if it was like still maybe that kind of thing, but still, if you had plans, mm-hmm. hey, we're going to this Christmas party together, and they don't show up, that's a problem. Well, and y'all are older, so did you die? Right. But literally anybody, I'd be like, did you die? Were you yeah. in a car wreck? Are you in a ditch? Do I need to send out reinforcement? Like, what's going on? No, I'd be like, you better be fucking dead since you missed our date. <laughs> okay, but let's go back to the second time that police came to the house. Dana said that when he did stay there, you know, he would stay at the massage table or in a recliner kind of thing. And there was, like, clothes everywhere. You could clearly tell, okay, let's just say he did sleep on the massage table. Um, He hadn't done that in a long time because there's a lot of shit on there. Yeah. The other thing was that the officer that went through the house was like, what's that smell? Oh, God. And Dana said, oh, well, we had a a toilet overflow and leak in the basement, and we're trying to get that handled. In the basement, eh? Mm Mm-hmm. So the police officer was like, okay, but there's nothing he could do. He's doing this second welfare check, and she let him in the house. He's, you know, looked everywhere. He's done as much of a walk through as he can with no search warrant but the officer leaves and is like 
that's not sitting well in my gut. Something's going on. He goes to his higher up and he's like, something's not right. Police end up going to Dana's house, well, Bill's house, a third time. And at this point, she was like, I'm done answering questions. Like, I've helped y'all. I don't know where he is. Last I heard, he was going to a friend's in Arizona. How? He was going to the mountains. Right. And on a show I watched, I'm not going to tell you the name of right now, they said that at some point, Bill had sent a picture of, like, the mountains to Dana to be like, oh, look, hey, I'm at the mountains, Mm -hmm. right? But police contact his cell phone provider and says, like, I need you to do an emergency ping. And they do. And they find out that the last time that his cell phone was used was on December 29th. And it was around his house, not Arizona. She said that she had found his phone and put it with the thing. Right. But when police went back, the phone was missing and they said, see, that's why I'm like, I'm not really sure if that whole phone thing that I told you about with her finding it and putting it with the stuff... I only saw that in one place. Okay. But the follow-up with that was when they did go back, basically, in this source, they made it seem like, almost like he had come back, because, like, the rent money that Dana had said she had out for him and his phone were gone. Okay, so he, like, came home from the mountains with a girlfriend, grabbed those, and then went to Arizona? Okay. Right. The other thing is, he didn't know anybody in Arizona. All of his friends, his son Brian and his brother were like, who the fuck is in Arizona? Yeah. He didn't know anybody there. Not to mention... The ping shows he was not in Arizona. And on that show, it said that the picture that was sent, his phone was where they live in Federal Heights, Colorado, not Arizona or wherever the fuck Dana's saying that he is. Yeah. The other thing that was really weird was that Bill's vehicles were in the driveway. Oh, my God. So, like, how he went somewhere. I mean, somebody would have to come get him. So, who came to get him? So, that show that I told you I'm not telling you the name of right now, it was weird, this interaction with the part of the body cam video that we saw, because honestly, I was like, what the fuck did she just say? Because it was like, she was saying that he had all these cars, but that they were like all in the shop, and that somebody was coming and bringing them, and I was like, what? So, the the car thing was bizarre to me. So, basically, the police get the family together, I feel like sans Dana, because she's, at this point they've gone the third time and she says she's done talking to him so they get the family together and they're like okay like what do y'all think's going on tell us everything well brian's like so there was this one thing that was really weird that dad texted me bill had texted his son brian and said i don't know if dana drugged me or what what but basically said dana was going to give him one of her massages and she brought him a burger and a milkshake basically after one bite He like passed out on the massage table and woke up 15 hours later. The fuck? So the police are now looking at Bill's bank records and they find that there's been a lot of cash withdrawals from his account and digging into the bank. The bank's like, yeah, actually, you know what? This signature looks different. Like it's not his. So on January 10th, police find some construction materials at the house. Even worse, Bill's credit card had been used, I'm pretty sure at Home Depot, it had been used to buy cement, like cement mixtures. Now, she did say that that thing flooded, the toilet flooded in the basement, and she was pulling out carpets and floorboards and all of this stuff from the basement. But again, there's that smell. So, I have a question, okay. and this is probably a dumb question, but that wasn't her house, 
because she lived with him. Mm-hmm. He's missing. Why does she have any rights? Why can't they go and look in the basement and do all the things? I, I don't know. Squatter's rights? Unsure. Okay. I, honestly, I have no idea. I'm just trying to think. Like, But if she's like a tenant there because she paid Bill rent, maybe that's why? Maybe. Police do get a search warrant. It doesn't take them very long to find this crawl space that is where the smell is coming from. Oh, gosh. And at this crawl space was this very, I mean, like we probably could have done this good of a job, but this slab of concrete. So the police had to call the fire department in to break that concrete up so they could look in this crawl space. And there they found Bill's body in a pile of trash. Oh, my gosh. Of course, Dana was arrested. And they did just the kind of standard toxicology and nothing showed up. But you remember Bill saying that in his text... He slept for 15 hours. Right. Like, she had to have drugged him. But nothing showed up in the toxicology report. But the police find that Dana had actually done some Google searches on asapromazine. Asapromazine is a tranquilizer, usually used on large animals, but it can be used on small. I literally was going to be like, what in the ketamine is going on? Yeah. Wow. So, um, side note, I had to go pick my mom's dog up from the vet today because he has a prolapse urethra that's had to have surgery. This is the fourth time he's had surgery on that. Three times as a puppy kept busting stitches and had to have it again. This has just been so much fun during the worst part of the year since my dad's died. And on top of that, she has COVID now. So it's just been a wonderful time. It's the most wonderful time of the year. Um, To keep him from busting his stitches again, mom has to keep him sedated. And um, I looked at his medicine today. He's on that. Oh my gosh. I was like, mom, like out of the bottle. I mean, six feet away from her. And I was like, uh, mom, the story I'm doing tonight, this, this is the medicine. Oh, my gosh. I literally said, so don't take it. <laughs> like, why would she take his medicine? But don't fucking take it. So they see that she had done some Google searches. The more they look, she actually ordered some of that off of eBay. Oh, my gosh. Right. So they did some more testing on his remains, and it came back positive for the asapromazine. So, Dana was charged with first-degree murder and tampering with a deceased human body. This did go to trial, and Dana's defense, they tried to argue that, yeah, she bought the drug, but it was actually to help him with his sleeping issues. Okay. So, you bought a tranquilizer used for animals. It used to be used in humans. It's not anymore, but it's like only veterinarian stuff to help with his sleep. Right. That he didn't know you were helping with his sleep? Okay. But basically, they're saying he had an accidental overdose and she didn't know what to do. So she freaked out and she buried him. But here's the thing. Less than two weeks after Bill died, Dana sent a text message to a friend and said, Life is so different now. I feel so much better. Wow. Now, I don't know the, t- the context of that. I don't know where they, what were they talking about. What you know, We don't know. That could have been taken completely out of context. But also... That's really weird when your dad's been missing. Mm-hmm. But basically, the police were like, she did this for money. You know, she was behind on the rent. Her company that she owned, the massage business, was failing and was cl- going to close at any point. She needed some money. And when he was missing, she spent all of his money. So Dana Jennings is her married name. She was sentenced to life in prison without the chance of parole. 
And she did get like an extra six years for tampering with the body. And she's still in prison in Colorado to this day. Wow. What's the episode? Snapped. Oh, okay. (laughs) It was on a bunch of different stuff, though. Like some ID shows. Like there was so many episodes, but that was the one that I watched the most. Mm Mm-hmm. Wow. I just don't understand how she stayed in that house with that smell. They said like when they went back in, he was probably murdered like around the 9th or the 10th. Because the last time people heard from him was like the 8th. So let's just give her a day or so and say the 10th. Well, he was reported missing on the 28th. So when they went back in, you know, we're talking at least early January, you know, January 10th at the latest. That's a long time for the decomposition to take place. A month. Right. So you know it had steadily gotten worse and worse. On the episode of Snapped, they said, like, you could not walk in that house without a mask on. Oh, gosh. Before we talk any more about this case, we got to talk about Function of Beauty because they are back. And I will tell you, my hair is better than ever. Girl, same. Before we tell you about how awesome our hair is because of Function of Beauty, we got to tell you what it is. Functional Beauty is the world's first fully customizable hair care. It creates individually filled shampoos, conditioner, styling, and treatment formulas based on your hair type. There are over 54 trillion possible formulations. And every one of them is vegan and cruelty-free, no sulfates or parabens, and you do have the option to go completely silicone-free. And I know I said this the last time we talked about Functional Beauty, but my hair's never been cleaner. I can go so long without washing my hair now because it cleans it so well when I use Functional Beauty. Well, so you didn't get a scent, but I got eucalyptus because I love... People say medicinal in a bad way, but I love medicinal scents. Yeah. But with the eucalyptus, the mint, it makes my scalp have that cooling sensation. Well, I didn't get a scent because I have migraines. Because sometimes when my head's hurting bad enough, I can't wash my clothes, my sheets, nothing in scents because it's too much. And so I was like, you know what? I'm going to get me scent free for my migraines. But I'm going to be honest, I kind of missed the scent. So next time I'm going to get a scent. But it's literally worked perfectly because it smells like nothing. Like it's doing exactly what I wanted it to do. Yeah. So here's how it works. Go online, take their hair quiz, and it's designed to build your hair profile. And so you can select up to five hair goals. But the great part is if your hair changes based on like season or now you're pregnant and your hair is more oily or dry or whatever you can change the formula so you know your next bottle be like you know what I need something different and change that formulation you can do it as often as you need to keep your hair on track and the best part it's delivered straight to your door I love how customizable it is too I mean obviously with all those formulations of dry curly frizzy all of that But even what color do you want your shampoo? What color do you want your conditioner? Your name's going to be on the shampoo bottle, the conditioner bottle. I freaking love that. Carrie went boring. Ooh, Carrie. Oh, yeah, I forgot. What'd you put like freaky deaky? It was too long. I had to put Lil Donna. Oh, yeah. So start giving your hair the personalized care it needs and deserves. Go to functionofbeauty.com slash creep. Take your hair care goals quiz and you're going to save 20% on your first order when you subscribe. No commitments. You can cancel at any time. 
So go to functionalbeauty.com slash creep to let them know you heard about it from our show and then you get the 20% off your first order. That's functionalbeauty.com slash creep. Take your hair quiz and save 20% off your first order. I just don't understand one, how you kill your parent, but two, how do you bury them inside a crawl space in, well, their own house, pretend like nothing happened and live there in the smell? I don't know either. I feel like she did some planning, but she didn't at all. It's like she planned how to kill him, but she didn't cover her tracks at all and then had no idea what to do with him once she killed him. Did someone help her? How did she move the body? It was a crawl space too, so it's not like she like lifted him in the attic. I mean, just dragging a dead body. Yeah, but you put it on a sheet or something, you could do it. Okay. That is how I move stuff through my house because <laughs> it's just me. I put it on... <laughs> Put it on either a throw blanket or a pillowcase and slide it because my floors are supposed to be like scratch resistant. No, before I even moved in, the painter scratched the floor. Then Carrie helped me build, like put a recliner together, and she scratched the floor with the box. Yeah, it, like my that floor scratches so easily. So yeah. So if you're single and you have no one with you and you're like, I just can't carry this, that does work. A pillowcase or a comforter. But we're not saying to move a dead body that way. Yeah. No. Get your best friend to help. (laughs) Also, tell me why in your story all I could think of was Schitt's Creek. Like the hotel thing. Well, it was a motel. This motel was what I don't know about. No, I know theirs was a motel. Um, I'm getting some uh, sister wives from Mary's B&B vibe happening. Oh, I didn't know that. Oh, yeah, girl. She's got a B&B that basically uh, Cody was like, just just why don't you just move up there to the B&B? Because he's so done with her. He literally told her in one of the most re- recent episodes, like, I don't want to be with you. And oh. she's like, I'm not going anywhere. I'm in this. Sister Wives is literally the only thing I'm caught up on in my life. <laughs> well, thank y'all for being caught up on us, if yes. you are. And thank you for listening. <laughs> if you are. Well, I mean, they could not be, you know, they could be behind. <laughs> I don't know. Whenever we- you're listening to it, thank you for listening. That's what, that's right. And remember. Creep it real. And, and don't, don't get scared. scared.